Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, a special edition of Locked On Hornets here on this uh, Friday. It's not technically a hashtag fun Friday. We, we've retired that until the season gets gets kicked off for real. Um, this is more of a like serious Friday because a lot has happened. Uh, Rich Cho, general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, delivering his pre-draft press conference. We've got coverage of that. Plus, an important workout happened today for the Hornets. They hosted a lot of players, very interesting players, players that could signal where the Hornets' uh, priorities lie on June 22nd. Want to get to that as well. Make sure you're following us on Twitter for all of this draft coverage at Locked On Hornets. Plus, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you haven't subscribed to us, please do, because those episodes will automatically populate. And when we do special episodes like this, you are going to be in the know. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Fun Friday's not going anywhere. It's just come back. No, yeah, it's, I guess retired is the wrong word. We just put it on ice. It was too hot. We had it's to cool it down. That's right. I could drop an air horn just for old time's sake. <laughs> uh, okay. I guess we'll, we'll talk about, I've got some Bradley audio, some Tony Bradley audio from his workout. Plus we've got John Bowman coming up from the Daily Tar Heel who gives us a breakdown on Tony Bradley. Very interesting player. Uh, the first one and done player for UNC in quite a while. And they don't do that. They don't do one and dones. They don't do that very often, but Tony Bradley <laughs> surprised people. And, and you wonder if he surprised the Hornets uh, today with his workout. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, we have to talk about General Manager Rich Cho sitting down with the media to discuss this draft coming up on June 22nd. And uh, my first thought, David, is that I, I'm no more in the know than I was before I went to the press conference. Anything is possible at this point. General managers normally very guarded about where they are. A lot yeah, of smokescreen, yeah. a lot of... Not necessarily deception, but th- there's a lot. To, that's the thing. We're still a week out. Oh, oh, this this is classic Cho. I mean, he, <laughs> he he's keeping this is classic Cho right here. He hasn't lost his edge. No, no, he's keeping it very close to the chest. You got to respect that. Uh, do you know trying to do what's best for the franchise? Understand that. Look, he did. He was honest though about the depth issues that this team had last season. Said uh, that maybe maybe they did discount depth when they were trying to put together the starting lineup. When they went and re-signed Nick Batum and they re-signed Marvin Williams, that put them in a place where they could not sign guys like Jeremy Lin and Courtney Lee. And uh, that that hurt them last season. So they're looking to address it this offseason. And he said, quote, we're looking for depth, backup point guard, two-way players, depth at the three spot, and another big. Those are a lot of, that's a lot of Things that they're looking for, David, and they, they don't have a ton of options to, to complete that. 
And they also said they may keep the pick or or trade up or trade down. Yeah, so let's listen to that. So here's Rich Cho on what they could do with that first-round pick at number 11. Uh, I, I think the 11th pick will be in the rotation. Um, you know, that's going to be up to Coach Clifford, uh, but we'll get a good player there. Um, as far as trades, uh, we've had a, a number of trade offers uh, proposed to us that we're evaluating. Uh, we've also thrown some out, but, you know, just like every team, we're looking at, at trading up, trading back, uh, keeping the pick, and, and then uh, other trades without the picks as well. So a lot of options. We knew that. And uh, we know that Rich Cho is inclined to make trades. Look, he's, he has the name, the nickname Trader Cho for a reason, David. But it sounds like if they do make that pick, that they would be looking for someone who could have the ability to crack a rotation year one. As they should be, right? I mean, that's what they need to add. I mean, it's unfortunate. It sounds like it's well, it's not unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they're kind of on the outside looking in on that first tier of upper echelon players, you know, unless someone slides. But yeah, I mean, they should be looking for someone who's going to crack the rotation. But it sounds like from all we hear out of these drafts that they will be able to get uh, someone like that. You know, how high his ceiling will be is yet to be determined. But a rotational guy, you, you have to get that out of a lottery pick. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it calls into question, I guess, whether they would take a swing on a guy like a Frank Nilakina out of France if they aren't completely sure about his rotation readiness, which I think is a legitimate right. question with French Frank. It's a question that I posed to Chris Kroger, host of Primetime on WFNZ 610 AM, 102.5 FM earlier today. Here, here's the thing. If you do that, you really got to be you have to be committed to using that 41st pick and whether you're using that 41st pick to move into the latter portion of the first round again, or, or whether that's, you know, using that pick to uh, facilitate, uh, you know, another roster move. I don't know what that is, but I think if you do that, you have to be committed to not selling that pick and the Hornets have uh, not been committed to using the 41st pick their second round pick very often over the, over recent years, but this is a different draft. Like you were saying earlier, I think there's a lot of depth there. And once you get after, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, I think 10 to, to 30 or 40. I don't, I don't know how much of a, of a drop-off there is, honestly, in overall talent at those picks. So I think if you do that, you got to be committed to that. I, I like the fit with already having a Frenchman on the roster and Nick Batum, who maybe could be a, a bit of a, of a, you know, somebody who mentors him and, and brings him along. And I, I think if you do that, you, you got to go guard again, though. I mean, if you take a guard um, or a wing at, at, at that 11th pick that you're not planning on having – right away and being a contributor right away what do you do do you go uh, maybe like a frank mason a third who they're working out do you go him at 41 i, I think you got to find a guard who's going to be on the board maybe it's a uh, a bryce alford out of ucla i don't know who is who was working out with him the other day he's got elite three-point shooting i think he's got size to him and a grittiness to him and a savviness to him where he could be that change of pace point guard maybe uh down the road so i think if you do that you got to be committed to, to using that 41st pick we're moving back up to make sure you get kind of that backup point guard because I think that's what they're really after right now, one way or another. That's Chris Kroger, host of Primetime on WFNZ, 610 AM, 102.5 FM, 2 PM to 6 PM. Uh, big thanks to Chris. And you can listen to that full interview right now over on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash LOH. We link it in all of our episodes. It's linked in this episode. Patreon is a way you can contribute to great local journalism and get access to content from this show before it airs. Help keep our hive alive with Patreon. Shout out to Scott, David, who 
uh, increased his initial contribution. So he gave us a yes, contribution, good. and now he increased it because he recognizes the value that we're trying to bring uh, out into this local Hornets sphere. Big deal. Scott, we appreciate your support, and we'll air the, a little bit more of that interview on Monday as well. So what do you think about Chris Kroger's thoughts there that, look, if if they take a swing at 11 or maybe even trade back, that they better use that second-round pick because they have not uh, used a second-round pick and kept it since 2012 mm-hmm. when they selected Jeff Taylor. Yeah, I mean, unless they're going to turn – it's hard to imagine them turning that second-round pick into, like, another player of value to add to the roster, right? And we've been over how many um, options they have to add to that roster. It's really draft – trade and and those two exceptions that they'll have to use so yeah they got to maximize these picks and with the depth in this draft right um you have to think that will have some value this year it would be nice if they could if they could trade back up into the first round into that first round have another pick i mean that would be huge to me because as we saw in our mock draft certainly won't play out exactly that way but there's a lot of talent at the end of that first round um and and, you know probably into the second round so a lot of these guys that are working out are certainly going to be in that range you know i mean that would be that would be a big thing on draft night if they could somehow get back in the first and listen they've worked out several guys that i've seen that are projected right in that late first round Mm -hmm. early second round uh position including two today and Derek white who is a six five guard out of Colorado, 200 pounds, has great size for a guard and can play the can play the pick and roll. He can spot up uh, from the two position as well. And then Tyler Dorsey uh, had a great tournament there for Oregon, uh, 6'4", 195. Yeah. So, look, there's a type that they've been bringing in for these workouts. I don't think it's a complete given that they will select a guard with that 11th pick. I think it's something they could explore if they find the right guy and they find the right um, the right physical mold, uh, then, then I think they could absolutely trade up from that second-round position. Let's hear what Rich Cho had to say about the second-round pick. In all likelihood, we'll keep the pick. Um, you know, a lot of things can happen. I just got uh, offered something for it today. Uh, so um, we may or may not keep it, but as of right now, I think we'll keep it. And uh, we also might look to move up or move back. So, um, you know, a lot of things can happen. But right now, I think we would keep it. <laughs> I love Rich Joe, David. So true. He's- so true. His his eyes almost like light up when he talks about a a, a possible trade call. You know, he's he's almost like a guy like sort of commenting on his on his car. He's like, "Listen, I just drove it around the block today. People love it. It's, it's like people love the second round pick. I think Got look another one. I, listen, I think that uh, th- you know they're obviously trying to do what's best for the franchise. But I think look, Rich Cho likes to get on the phone. He likes to likes to make deals. It's how he is built. A, a portion of this roster. It's it's how they acquired Nick Batum and and uh, then worked to keep him later on. Uh, and, and I think you you everyone plays to their strengths. Everyone uh, you are who you are essentially. So I, I would certainly not be surprised if. In fact, I would be surprised if there wasn't some kind of transaction, some kind of movement, especially because they have they have more issues to address then they have options at this point because really you have 11 right that's that's a wild card 41 second round picks those are absolutely wild cards and then you have MLE BAE and then 
you have the veteran minimum. Those aren't, there's not yeah, a lot of tools it. at their disposal. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they're going to have to explore any option that comes across Cho's desk. Yeah. I'd love to know. Did anyone ask? Did anyone have the follow up question? What, what was it? What was your trade offer? <laughs> no, no, no one wanted to waste their time because <laughs> yeah. that, that information is not coming. I did ask a question. I got in Ooh. there, got, got some reps. I don't know how, I don't know how hot Cho was for my question, but I, but I was curious about how some, look, I think some franchises do discuss the draft with their star players. And I think that uh, maybe some organizations uh, that's not part of their thing. And it's, it seems like the, the, the Hornets, it's not part of, part of their organization. I, I asked Joe, you know, how involved are the, the, the player leaders in, in some of this pre-draft talk? And here's what he had to say. Uh, not about the draft. Um, you know, once in a while, we'll, we'll, we'll hit one of the guys on, uh, um, on one of the players in, in general, but we don't, uh, make it a practice to consult the guys on, on, on draft, on the draft. So there you have it. I think, but he did, he did sort of a little bit of a caveat there that, that they may, may run it by may, if there's a player, I think, you know, on this team, when you've got the starting lineup really locked in. And you're looking to add depth, then it's not a situation. You like you obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't ask your you wouldn't ask somebody about their replacement. Like that's awkward. But I don't think that they're finding a replacement for anyone in this draft. They're trying to add pieces, no. add depth. So I think you know I think it would be fine if there were a a player, especially you. I mean, talk about Frank Nielakina. and Nick being out in France. I'm sure that's, Nick that's Batum the one I was has. Thinking of. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's out of the question, but you know, I think so. I mean, I'm just speculating here, but I feel like some franchises are are more open to those discussions, and 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 some aren't. So, there you go. A lot of talk in this press conference about size at the point guard position, and I've already said they worked out two guys in Derek White and Tyler Dorsey, and a few others who have size at the guard position. Um, about missing Jeremy Lin and what he brought to the team. And and certainly Donovan Mitchell at eleven would fit that bill. David six three, same size as Jeremy mm-hmm. Lin, and very built up top, just like Jeremy Lin. But mm-hmm. it seems like a priority with whoever they select or bring in uh, via free agency. That they they really miss that size at point guard. Yeah, and something else they mentioned I think today is some two way play. Right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. looking for a guy who can really come in and contribute. We've gone over Mitchell. A lot, you know, he can provide that two-way play as well um, and can guard a couple of different positions. And, I mean, I could certainly see him. He's one of those guys, I think, that they could see cracking the rotation too. So, um, yeah, definitely miss Lynn. They, you know, they miss Lee. Um, but that's certainly something they're looking to add. It would be interesting to see Mitchell, specifically his fit as, you know, being a combo guard, how much they would play him in that Lynn role and how much they would play him um, next to Kemba as well. So something to keep an eye on there, I think. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to be certain about his, or as certain as you could be, about his ability to stay on the floor defensively. We talked about his long wingspan and his um, his tendency to go for steals. Can he stay on the floor? And then offensively, can he play make enough? I mean, that was the one thing about Jeremy Lin is that, look, yeah, he could score. He could get to the basket. But he also had a tendency to find other guys by driving and, and looking for those secondary cutters. They would certainly want uh, someone in that same vein. 
Uh, but I think there are a couple of players at 11 that would immediately slot into a rotation. I think you could definitely find a place for a player like Zach Collins and, and his rim protection, which is another thing, David. I think a close second to what they'll be looking for. It came straight out of the mouth of head coach Steve Clifford after the season is a, a legitimate rim protector. So they'll be looking for that as well. Yeah, and he would provide that two-way play uh, as well. Certainly, it feels like he would be, uh, you know, similar to some of the guys they have. So they would have some options there with Frank and, um, you know, Cody to some extent. But certainly, the outside game's not there with 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 Cody as much as it could be with with Collins. But also Markinen, right? I mean, not not the rim protector, but he's going to give you some of the shooting they're they're desperately wanting, and and you know, some additional height. I guess can't have too many big guys. That's definitely true, and they worked out a few today, and John Collins and Tony Bradley, Hornets, had their sixth workout of the pre-draft period today. Uh, Rich Cho confirming that they will have one more on Sunday, and Justin Jackson, rumored, might be confirmed by the time you hear this to be attending that one. Uh, at today's workouts, uh, as I mentioned, Justin Jackson's teammate Tony Bradley was in attendance along with John Collins, and that John Collins, our 23rd pick, David. In our lockdown, that's right. Spoiler mock draft. alert! If you so, have not heard that yet, that's true. And, and as you I know, yeah, it's it's interesting, Doug. We talk about these, uh, you know, what Cho said, and and when it's relayed out into the Twitterverse and and to Hornets Twitter and the fans and stuff. But like, it just means different things to different people. Like to me, someone who can crack the rotation, two way player, and is going to come in and contribute. Like that, sh- that screams. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, of course, but to other people, I think that does mean somebody like Justin Jackson, right? Who can come in and shoot, um, and is six eight, and they could provide some things they may not have. So it's just fascinating this time of year with all the possibilities going around. As many people are looking at this team and, and the draft in general, just to see what you know the personal preferences and, and see how people are taking you know some of these comments. When reality, you look at <laughs> you look at what Joe is saying. Everything is on the table. Like everything is still in play here. Well, and the the one of the other things he said is that they've gotten some trade calls already for both picks, but the the calls really start to heat up and get serious in the last week of the draft. And and right. and I'm sure they're going to be fielding calls until moments before the pick. Yeah. And they have to make that quick decision at that point. And of course, last season they traded their first round pick away. I was I was confused a little bit about the Stepien rule. You know, if they could trade completely trade out of the draft for a second consecutive year. The Stepien rule mm-hmm. being a, a CBA rule that prevents it happened after uh the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers general manager way back in the 80s traded five straight first round picks, but did it all <laughs> in one. Did it all in one haul. And right. so they stopped teams from doing that, but I wondered does that apply year to year or is it just in one transaction? It seems like it's just like in one transaction, you can't do like a 2017, 18, 19, 20 first round pick for but they could, next player. But they could. I think. I trade think, out. I think you're right. I think. Um, it, it seems like, yes, it seems like they can do that. Hey, what do you think about Tony Bradley? He was in attendance today and trying to show off his out, outside shooting skills at the end of the workout. Uh, he's a player, 6'11", 240 pounds, 
Uh, definitely his size is what jumps out at you. Uh, and uh, his, honestly, his ball handling and his footwork, like he's very agile for a big guy. What do you think about Tony Bradley out of UNC uh, as a possibility for the Charlotte Hornets? Well, I certainly enjoyed his work this year as one year in college. Hashtag um, go heels go. Uh, that's, that's right. Um, you know, but maybe a bit of a surprise to some that he stayed in there because I think a lot of people looked at him and say, go back and be more of a focal point next year uh, at UNC and really perhaps improve his stock. But, I mean, look, he's he's a big guy who it feels like he's been told that, that somebody's going to save a spot for him in the back of the first round. And for him, I hope that's true. But just as far as projecting him on the next level, I mean, you like his rebounding, I think. It's just, you know, um, listening to, uh, if you'll listen to um, uh, Locked on NBA, uh, Chad Ford and David Locke had a good discussion around Tony Bradley. And just like if the current NBA is moving in the direction of players like uh, like Bradley, and it's a little, you know, it's a little up in the air how he would be used moving forward. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to shoot threes uh, right now. I mean, certainly he can add that, but not not a not a, like a quick twitch guy. You know, not not really an athletic stretch five at this point in his career. So it's like they brought up um, uh, Okafor kind of in talking about mm. that. You know, about that right? Just like a low, an old school low post guy. And where is that? Um, in I don't NBA. I don't really see him as an Okafor. Well, I, I kind of see in, him in as a miles. They, just in, yeah, just in where they play, you know, not he doesn't have the low post scoring, you know, straight up that we that we that we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, like Okafor had to come out of college, not the dominant low post guy, but kind of just I think where they fit is more where they were going because neither one of them are stepping out, you know, neither neither one of them are super quick, um, afoot. So I think some of those comparisons fit. I think Tony Bradley definitely wants to add that aspect to his game. He was uh, attempting to do that. I posted some video on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, and, and certainly he understands that that's a priority. He reminds me, to, yeah, it just body type and the way he plays. Uh, what I saw of him at UNC and some of the workouts that he's been doing uh, around the country pre-draft reminds me a little bit of Miles Turner, kind of as a in terms of his ability to move. Uh, he's extremely agile, can move through the lane. Uh, has great footwork and, and will continue to improve that. It's just Miles Turner without that developed three-point shot. He's got to continue uh, to hit that as well. And you mentioned the decision uh, to leave UNC after one year. Uh, he addressed that today in the workout. It was a tough decision during the process. Uh, during the combine, I feel like the combine helped me out in the interviews and uh, my dad and Coach, Coach Williams helped me. Uh, just get feedback. So uh, I got the feedback that I wanted to hear, and it was positive feedback. And uh, from there on, I decided, I made my decision. So he's hearing good things, David, but I think he has those same question marks that a Frank Nilakina would have in, in terms of mm-hmm. what can his immediate impact be? Uh, I mean, how good of a rim protector can he be? Was he last season at UNC? Uh, rim protector? That yeah. was the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he could be a pretty good rim protector. He's got those long arms, right? I don't know. He's not like a, a high leaper, though. You know, he doesn't explode or jump out of the gym. Right. Um, but, a, but a big body down there that can certainly take up space. And once he uses to learn that, I think he, he can be effective, but not somebody that's going to blow you away, just jumping straight off the floor. I asked Bradley about wh- what he felt like his impact could be immediately for a team. And here's what he had to say. Immediately, I feel like I can bring a defensive presence. Um, I feel like I can score the ball and rebound. So those three little things, 
uh, turn actually turn into big things that can help us. All right, let's kick it to John Bowman of the Daily Tar Heel. He covered Tony Bradley's play last season as a member of the championship-winning Heels. John began by discussing his thoughts on Bradley staying in the draft uh, in the first place. The thing that made Tony's decision so surprising was how little his role was at UNC. He never really started and really dominated any games. Uh, I can't think of one specific Tony Bradley moment that he's had in his one year at UNC. However, it's all about potential for Tony Bradley, and it's a lot of NBA-level potential. He's a super long athletic defender. Even in just his one year at UNC, he showed the ability to kind of anchor a defense in terms of being able to block shots. He's a great offensive rebounder. I think any NBA team could use that. So he's got some definite weaknesses for sure in terms of just you don't know you haven't really seen it yet, but the potential is there, and I think that's super attractive to NBA teams. You mentioned his game-changing ability on defense, his ability to offensive rebound, but I did not hear you mention any kind of offensive ability. What's his offensive game look like at this point? Yeah, so he definitely, as of now, hasn't shown any ability to really shoot uh, three-pointers or step out into a mid-range game. So you're getting someone who's going to be living around the basket. He's got a little post-up game, uh, can go over with a little hook shot, but mostly it's all around the rim, dunks, layups. Um, in the national championship game, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he struggled with a couple of short jumpers. So it's going to be a learning curve for him adjusting to kind of that middle, mid-level game around the free throw line. When he gets the ball in a pick and roll, he's going to be someone who looks immediately to dunk it because he also hasn't shown much of an ability to pass. So he's, he can finish around the rim just fine, but everything else sort of so far is a question mark where he needs to develop. So obviously he needs to find a team that's going to be patient with him as he learns to play the offensive game. But what kind of potential do you see for him? What kind of ceiling do you see for him as he contemplates whether or not to enter and stay in the NBA draft? I think his ceiling is really high, and I think that's why a team ultimately could end up taking a first-round pick on Bradley. Uh, rim protectors are extremely important in today's NBA, and Bradley has the potential to be a rim protector as good as anyone in the league. He didn't play a whole lot at UNC, as I said earlier, but when he did play, he showed the ability to kind of filter out the noise and be able to slide over and help when needed. And those are kind of advanced level things that were impressive to see from a freshman. You'd like to see it more consistently in a second year, in my opinion, but it's enough to give an NBA scout hope and potential to draft on. All right, John Bowman, writer for the Daily Tar Heel. We will see where this Tar Heel lands in the NBA draft on June 22nd and if the Hornets make him their selection. Thanks, John. Thank you. All right, David, final thoughts on Rich Cho's press conference. I don't know that we learned all that much, uh, but we did get a few nuggets. No, that's what I'm saying. It's classic Cho. He was saying, he told you what all the options Show were. Joe knows. Yeah, he told you what all the options were, and he told you they were all still on the table, and they may or may not act on some or all of them. Which means you're going to have to stay tuned to Locked On Hornets <laughs> next week, and I want to make an announcement. We are doing a live draft special on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Our coverage begins at 7.30. So... Set your calendar reminders, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and subscribe and rate us on iTunes.
Shoot us your Hornets questions, your draft questions, and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again next week with this final bit of draft coverage before June 22nd. For David, it's almost I'm, over. It's here. It's almost <laughs> here. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm sharp. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.